0: pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everybody, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us this evening. This is the fourth episode of this second season. Don't forget years open for the announcement of the live event we'll be scheduling soon. And Patrick's actually ready to get this thing started. So am I. My name is Chris, and you're listening to Constitution Commandos. And just, before I, just before I called you, B.P. Harris was uh, standing behind the podium. I had to hear what she had to say, and I don't know why, because most of what she has to say sounds more like a childish giggle. But... Hey. Oh, uh, Kamala Harris! Oh my gosh, man! Now listen to this. She said she doesn't even know the Declaration of Independence. She said that people have the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I was like, first of all, yeah. those are unalienable rights. She said that people yes. are by our Creator. Second, what happened to life, the liberty, yeah. and the liberty well, remember, they're not pro-life. Those are <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, well. It's amazing how many people think that abortion's okay, but those people that are screaming abortions are here, right? Yeah. Their parents yeah. didn't have an abortion. I, I don't understand what makes it right, to, but, you know. Yeah, I, I couldn't answer,
1: man. Uh, well, first off, I can't get inside the head of a damn Leftist. I mean, I, I, I yeah man, if no, I no. even tried to understand a lot of their stances, I arguments and policies, you would your probably, mind. yeah, I would probably <laughs> be required a padded if room, room to nice little white jacket.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Because I just, probably, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I don't require, hey, I, yeah. I think, I think it's a mental illness, man. Uh, it's not really illness. Well, it's it's got to be man. It's got to uh, be something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you have think, oppression, and you have depression, uh, and you have possession.
1: it's
0: it's got to. That's be. where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm serious. I mean, it's all through the Bible. You can find it, but you know, those are all spirits that attack human beings: the spirit of oppression, spirit of depression. And in the spirit of possession, yeah. You know, the first two, are things that can be dealt with. there beings, you know, typically considered outside the body problems. Possession, yeah. not so much. Yeah, things that can be dealt with. That's what we're dealing with, especially with this, with these deep states and uh, problems. You know, the course of course, the Democrats seems to be the party of the deep state so. And I'm not saying Republicans aren't involved in that, but definitely Democrats. Yeah, they're the, party. the main purveyor of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Republicans. Yeah, but She sure left out the right to life. <laughs>
1: well, I guess you can't have any other rights unless, unless you're here already. So I guess that's I maybe maybe that was
0: implied. In her right statement. Right <laughs> Well, the lie of the mission. omission, <laughs> but um, I know. Remember that one year, one of the last years we did anything for Halloween. I, I didn't. I didn't dress up for nothing. I just put a coat hanger on my head. remember that one? I don't remember,
1: dude. I'll be honest with you. Me going out on Halloween, I I know what I used to, but I, I don't remember.
0: Yeah, that's why I was saying. I don't know if you remember. It was the last time I did anything for Halloween. I think I was like twelve, but. Or Thirteen, but I all I do is put a coat hanger on my head, and every time somebody opened the door, "What are you supposed to be?" I said, "An Remember, abortion." Last time. <laughs> <I did it. laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sick. Well, <laughs> it depends on how you look at it, I guess. What are you supposed to be? But um, I was trying to find some more on the uh <laughs> on the Federal Reserve stuff. There's actually a lot of information in there. You know what I mean? I did not know, but uh really any of it. I was trying to find yeah. some more, on <laughs> but um. It's amazing how much, how deep we already are into information in there. the one thing didn't. some people still claim about um, or gripe about slavery. Yeah, hmm. we are sunk in slavery, and some people. It's insane how how deeply rooted it is, and how far those tentacles of control actually reach. And. I mean if you want to get out from under the monetary slavery, you just about have to give everything up. So actually reach. And and you got a social security number, you got a birth certificate. Give everything you're hooked. I mean how do you get out from under that? You know? But basically our country was put into slavery like the Africans and the Irish were back before How do you get out from under that? You know. Well, actually, during the settlement years, I mean, all the way back to when the first settlers came here, slavery was there. The Irish were, but um, and not just African Americans. For those of you who do not know, there were a lot of white slaves involved there too. First settlers came, and Asians, and yeah, that's right. There's a lot of Asian slaves too.
1: Well, the Asians down there built the railroad system, and they weren't doing it on a wage labor.
0: No, that was strictly slavery. Hourly wage. It was actually Asian, Asian, and Irish. Yeah, built, built, built the, the railroad system here yeah. exactly right
1: and the irish were kept yeah, on as bad. the slaves in the north yeah. everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about uh, how old the north didn't have slaves why mm-hmm. because they were white you didn't think they could be slaves
0: <laughs> yep the slaves the north, well the irish were definitely right. slaves until what oh, well, was the probably early mm-hmm. 1800s i guess when well, right like,
1: now we I mean, yeah. that it was post-industrialization because when the play industrialization play. kicked off, all the blacks were sent to the south to work on the day. plantations, and the Irish mm-hmm. took over the slave market up there, past or that, were the slave market?
0: Because right, the but the slave market there turned into there's the what you call street gangs. I mean, well, you, you know, like um market. five points in New York yeah. was pretty much run by the Irish, and turned <laughs> into. You know, a lot of, street I mean, a lot of what happened around mid-1800s, I guess, was pretty much run by English. And they didn't want anything to do with anybody else, I mean, period. But there was this one Irish gang leader who ended up gaining some kind of notice from this one Englishman. And they developed a partnership with... Ultimately went south, <laughs> but, uh, and that's really the only way the Irish came up in the United States. And when John F. Kennedy was elected president, that was a wide open. I mean, that was a festive day for the Irish. You know that, right? Yeah. Not only the Irish, he was Catholic, and that was that was a real big day for for Irish people because you know slavery really didn't end for the Irish here. Not in the 1800s, mid 1800s, it didn't end. Really, so early 1900s. yeah. So didn't end for the Irish here. And I believe that was after the African American slaves were were freed after the Emancipation Proclamation, right? I believe you're right. I believe that was after. Well, I hope I am, because I hadn't read it in a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> but anyway, Proclamation, right? But the um. You're right. What was I going to say about the monetary system? Well, I hope I am because I had. You guys said something earlier that made me want to hit a topic, and, I, and on that, um, I can't remember what it was because the connection started getting bad and I got distracted.
1: You guys said something. That's nah, easy to do.
0: A topic yeah, I, I suppose it is. I can Oh, oh, I remember. It, started getting bad and I got distracted. it was that uh, one act that was do. passed in nineteen oh eight. The Aldrich Breland Act. That was it. What did I do with it? One act that was passed. Oops. Eight. I guess I got rid of it. The Aldrich Breland Act. Somehow or another, I wanted to tie in the the Aldrich part. That senator, I guess he was a senator or congressman or something. Somehow or another, did you know that he was actually the the grandfather to Woodrow Wilson? Or grandfather, or his wife's grandfather, or something. Senator. His middle name actually came from that politician, Woodrow Aldrich Wilson. Or grandfather, and he was part. Well, his family was all tied into that. Uh, what do they call the International Monetary Fund? He was, and that's why the uh, the uh, Federal Reserve Act of 1913 came into play. Which included the birth certificate and then later the uh,
1: the um, social security card, right,
0: social security administration came into play. And from what I understand, Woodrow Wilson didn't realize what he was doing when he when he passed the Federal Reserve Act until it was too late. And supposedly, he tried to uh. Overturn it hour or fight against yeah. it, yeah, and to no avail. It wasn't happening. It was too late. Yeah, we got ourselves in a quite quite a pickle. I do believe overturn it yeah. hour.
1: Yeah,
0: but again, with the advent of this digital currency coming into play, I'm wondering if the government or the shadow government is actually going to give people a chance to adjust to the digital currency before they start slamming doors in our face.
1: How do you mean? I'm wondering if the
0: Well, I mean, obviously, it's going to take a little bit of time to get it, you know, completely implemented to where they can, you know, require us to turn in our little promissory notes we got now. I mean, obviously, it's going to take and time to get it. I don't know, but I would imagine it would take some getting used to, you know. Require us. I mean, we've already got, you know, like. Well, with my disability, it's just, I mean, if you're in the military, you pretty much have to have direct deposit or you're not getting paid, you Used to, right? You know?
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing about it is, there's not going to be an acclimation period. They're just going to take the money you got. I mean, it's going to be what it is. You're just going to have to adjust. Now, the thing about it is, they already have this system is being used in China and people don't quite equate. The uh, digital currency with the ESG. People don't seem to want to equate the two. But the system system is already in place in China. China. I mean, in China, they already get cut off from funds. They already have stuff like that that happens. The government controls every penny they got, even if they earned it. They don't have just a yeah, they nilly ability to spend on whatever they want they're they're controlled in all their purchases.
0: yeah I think I heard something about that even if you get a a minor traffic infraction they can stop you from spending money or, or whatever. yeah whatever
1: they or they'll find you
0: if you have the wrong thing
1: or you say something against the government they'll just take it out of your account
0: they can right you from spending money
1: and they might send yeah a team to come in and boot your door you know Hope to arrest you and disappear
0: your ass, right. yeah, yeah. I heard something about that, and I see that's one of the things that that's one of the big things that I don't like about this digital currency, whether it's just plain old digital currency, crypto, or whatever it's all digital. But that's one of the things you know, especially with the cryptocurrencies, a the way to advertise that the government has no access to it. If you believe that crap, <laughs> you better check yourself because the government's behind it all you know. and yeah. you know i don't like the idea of the bank cutting off my card every ter- second or third purchase because you know under the guise of fraudulent spending how do you know it's fraudulent spending you know so if i go buy a canoe next week so i can get out on the river then that means somebody tried to steal my money and how would you know that you know because it's not what my usual purchases are well, my usual purchases are still getting my card cut off. try to steal my money. Yeah, and you know, I'm—I don't know about you, but I'm not real hip to that. I mean, oh no.
1: Sure well, you you I don't like the fact off. that your climate cultists are going to be. You know, I mean, it's I like I said, it's going really into that ESG—the <clears throat> environmental, throat> social, throat> governance. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you you drove your car too much. You bought too many gallons of fuel. Mm-hmm. Now you can't buy any fuel. <laughs> you know, you try to use your car to buy fuel, they won't let you buy it. Right? You know, or if you smoke cigarettes, you mm-hmm. can't. You know, they might have that on a restricted purchase list. Nobody can buy cigarettes. I guess
0: y'all need to quit smoking anyway. It's bad for you.
1: But I mean, that's. I, I don't like the fact well, that somebody else is going to dictate you lose your freedoms of what you want to buy.
0: Yeah, or
1: if you're an always. avid Second Amendment person and you but, need, I mean, you want to buy a gun, oh, no, guns are on the else, forbidden you list. Can't you can't, can't buy a gun. And you can't just pull the cash mm-hmm. out of your pocket at that time. You have to use that system of money. That's and right. So you, you won't be able to buy a gun. Oh, you need bullets? You can't buy bullets because those go in guns. Right. And it's going to be, this is a way they can disarm people as well. Oh, and if they don't disarm you, they're going to have it to where you, you can't buy anything to right. put in the gun. So your gun's it going to be a paperweight. A
0: way they can. Disarm well, well. they're trying to get rid of our guns. They're not going to get rid of, rid of, of their guns. guns. And, no, 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 no. and I think that's something the that the general the gun. public needs to understand, especially yeah. the people, you know, they're I don't own a gun, but I am a firm believer in the second amendment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being a firm believer in the Second Amendment, even though I don't own a gun, what if I decide I want to go hunting next week? How am I going to do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, It'd I mean, get I, a bow and I, arrow. Well, yeah, I was going to say, don't let Ted Nugent you know, hear this. <laughs> get your knife out, get yeah. your bow and arrow. But, but the thing is, yeah. the as an advocate well, yeah. for the Second Amendment. <laughs> I think it. It's I think it's fair. only fair that I should let anybody who will listen know and understand that the government taking our guns away doesn't mean they're taking guns it, away. They're stockpiling. Anybody who yeah. say your guns put it in yeah. their inventory, the and all you have to do is look at the news, guns away. even mainstream media, and you'll find out just like this incident yeah. that happened in California a couple of their days inventory. ago. Oh. 72 year old man walks into a place, just opens up fire with an automatic weapon. Ends up killing 10 people, including himself later. And come to find out, well, the guy was Asian. And, you know, what's the holiday that they're doing right now? The lunar or solar or whatever holiday. And it was just some dance thing at a dance club. And he walks in and starts shooting, right? Good thing they didn't call him a white supremacist. But, uh,. Those types of events, right there, is what the government uses to make sure that they have a reason for people to agree with the government taking away our guns. But they're not oh, taking guns away, they're just taking your guns. Yeah. A prime example is we don't need a border wall, but the White House does. And
1: Joe Biden's House guns. does.
0: Right. So. A prime example.
1: That way, he, see, his house is protected border. from all the illegals and the crime and all that that comes right. into this country that he facilitated. But we're not entitled to that the same. same we're not afforded the same exactly. privilege. We just had to deal with it. They get protection of it.
0: And so that's where we, the people, need to start waking up. I mean, all across the land. And I, I know there's people waking up. But that ain't enough. People waking up. And what we need to really be paying attention to is all the freedoms that they're taking away. If they if they take our freedoms, they're keeping them. Okay, for themselves. Yep. Now, if they have all the weapons and they have all the protection, what do you have? Nothing. They're keeping them. I mean, you are you are at the whim of these people who took your guns them away them. saying we're doing this for your safety. They're your enemy, so you ain't safe. And it really does need to be understood, and I don't know any better way to say it, I guess, but we really need to wake up and start standing for these rights that we have left. And really, it really does need to be understood. I think it's too little too late myself. That doesn't mean don't stand up for your rights. I'm just saying... Really need to wake up. This should have been done a long time ago. A long time ago. I think it's too little. But, of course, you know, like I told everybody that was around me back at the beginning of the COVID scare when they started talking lockdowns and martial laws. Like, if y'all buy into this and if you go along with it, you're giving up your rights. It's called divide and conquer. That's exactly what it is. Well, not just that.
1: That was like a probing mission called "Divide and Conquer." What they did was
0: they we want to see how far they could go. Pro- well,
1: yeah. Good. How how many people will subject themselves to this illegal dictate?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now they know how many people are serfs. Yeah,
0: how, mm-hmm. all
1: these idiots will do exactly what we say. And you know what? A dollar to a box of donuts. They sit in their damn private offices and they laugh how at us.
0: You know they are. Mm-hmm. All these idiots. Their plan is being fulfilled by you know, a lot I'm of a, useful idiots in the United States. And office. if you want to know what a useful idiot looks like, you know they are. if you're still wearing a mask, you're a useful idiot. Being that simple. If you believe there's no border crisis, no, you're not even a useful idiot. You're just you're an idiot. Yep. And every time I walk in the VA, and I'm going to say idiot. it until they quit doing it, every time I walk in the VA and they hand me a mask, I get off on that. Are y'all still on the face idiot. panty issue? Come on, y'all. I thought you were doctors follow the science oh wait you make an extra paycheck because you don't follow the science right so we keep wearing the face panties mm. it's terrible shame for doctors Follow i like the you said that and i was thinking about um marjorie taylor Greene, and when she first got into congress wearing that black face mask and on the front says censored <laughs> yep. Marjorie <laughs> and Really, face masks are not even a good fashion statement. I still see people wearing masks outside, even. It <laughs> is.
1: Oh, no. I, I saw a lady in a truck shop the other day wearing a mask and rubber gloves.
0: Seriously? Outside, even.
1: Dead serious. And I was like, um, uh, I, I, mean. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say nothing to her. Man. I mean, whatever you want to wear, if you want to look like that out here in public, go ahead, knock yourself out. But and I was
0: why yeah exactly why <laughs> and I, I can't get over how many people still wear the mask they're obviously not doing research for themselves when when i and i'm saying when i have to be the layman where the medical field is concerned and i inform a doctor that 80 percent of the people who caught covid during the covid scare were actually wearing the mask and They look at me funny, like, what are you talking about? And I, inform- but you're the scientist, you know. Mm. Why am I even telling you? this? The mask? They know, they know, like, just like about? you know, that doctor I brought that up to the last time I saw it, doctor, there before my surgery. This she said, Well, we just wear the mask for everybody's protection. I said, But didn't I just said the mask is worth point zero. 0.02 percent effective according to the original statements from the cdc that means it has no effective quality whatsoever Point zero? but you're going to tell me now that you're wearing this for my protection what what are you protecting me from you know well
1: allegedly i okay, i'm just in a parallel but it's just as asinine
0: what do you pretend?
1: Allegedly, for? the FMCSA now requires no. a truck driver to wear a hard hat if he's going to slide his tendons back.
0: You know, that's as stupid as OSHA requiring no. us to wear a hard hat on a roof. A What's the point? Oh, you're working. You need tail. your hard hat on. It's not going to help me think better. You know that's a What's the point? I mean, do they tell you? Well, I
1: drive a spread axle, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> and even if I did drive a dry van or a damn briefer, What's point? I wouldn't wear my hard hat to move my axles anyway. anyway. I'll drive a spread
0: axle. And for there's those no that no don't know, when you move your axles, all you do is you, you pop a pin on the axle side, you get back in your truck and put it in reverse or in first, and then you...
1: You leave your brakes on and you drive one way or the other to move them in the direction you want them to move.
0: That's it.
1: And it's a pretty good size handle that you get to pull. It's not like you got to get under the truck right. and do it. I mean, you just lean under a little
0: bit. And we pull the handle out, it unlocks your axles. You get back in the cab, put it in gear, put it whichever way it's got to go. Get out of the cab, turn the handle, it locks it back in place. You're good to go. But your hard hat is required. Unlocks your axles.
1: Yeah, now the. Cab. It's Except like it's go. some of the places I go, they and tell they us know. we got to have a harness on to tarp our load.
0: What do you, a harness?
1: Yeah. They'll have like a dog runner. Uh huh. Going over your load. Have a harness and you got a hook to light. that.
0: Or is that suicide prevention?
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's quite dangerous in my opinion.
0: It is dangerous. Because you're
1: trying to move freely and you're getting hung up in this damn dog run. And <laughs> when I go to places like that, I just yell them, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm a tarp it at the truck stop. I'm not gonna play your silly little game."
0: Oh, well, well, we won't
1: give you, we won't give you your dang bill of lading until you tarp it. Well, take it off my truck.
0: That's right. That's, a, I mean, back to the back to the Katrina <laughs> relief thing when we were doing those blue tarps over a certain pitch, we had to what put a cleat on the yeah, roof and tile hard. to it. Yeah. With a hard hat and I used to do roofing, so all that ropage on the on the roof is in the way, and, it, and that causes problems. You trip over one of them ropes and you upside down, probably hanging off the eave of the roof. But that yeah, was but an official requirement. Never
1: been on, you know, people that ain't never set foot on a roof think way, that that's safety. And
0: that well, and it might be for them.
1: I mean, I remember
0: when I first started roofing.
1: Well, then they got didn't on of off off of a of a <laughs>
0: something, <laughs> look, I, I agree with that. It's safety, but. And it, you know, when I first started roofing, it wasn't too bad because I was on houses with you know shallow pitches. But once I got on that first ten on twelve, I was slightly nervous. After a couple of years, I could run a twelve on twelve with nothing, you know, nothing at all, I mean, no toe boards or anything. Just line cushions up on the roof and get to running. That's it.
1: Slightly I see, that's what couch cushions are made for. Right.
0: So for me, nothing at all. The rope for dangers.
1: Yeah, the only time I want to be tied to a rope is, one, rappelling down a mountain. Two, rappelling out of a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah, actually, outside of that, I think yeah, those are the only two reasons I want to be on a rope One, with a yeah. harness.
0: Well, I, I mean, yeah. There, there's some places, those things that OSHA requires, I find to be more dangerous than if they didn't require it. Well, I, I mean, you know, the hard hat on a roof is, to me, that's Oh, but that's,
1: the, but that's the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, man. Come on, they know what's good for you.
0: <laughs> really? Well, there you have it, folks. There's another one for the history We sure do appreciate you hanging out and listening today. And don't forget... Got any comments about this episode or anything else? Please leave your comments in the comment section below. Until next time, on behalf of Patrick and myself, we're the Constitution Commandos. We're signing out. Until next time, Patrick and
1: myself. We're the Constitution Commandos. We're signing out.
0: First time I tied off on a roof, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. Well, <laughs> weren't, just, weren't much for my, they weren't doing much for my health at that time. <laughs> but,
1: uh, well, like I said, you put the government. You, if if you and I know people will think that I'm exaggerating an excessive exaggeration, but it really isn't because. This is truly how asinine the government is. Every, every office of the government, I don't give a shit what office or what branch of government you're talking about. Every one of them. There is no exception. If you needed a glass of water, you can walk to the faucet, fill up a cup, and get your glass to water in one minute. Less than one minute. If the government was in charge of that same glass of water, you would die of dehydration.
0: Before Before you got got
1: that cup of water.
0: No, before you got approval for that cup of water.
1: So I'm not trying to, I know it sounds like an exaggeration. Mm -mm. And granted, that is a metaphorical statement. But it is the bureaucracy behind government. In the military, I can't even imagine how bad it is now. I mean, I've been out since 2000, 2000, October of 2000. Mm -hmm. I used to have to fill out a form to get a form to get another form
0: to request something, you
1: know, yeah, to get a requisition form. And
0: every single form has to be filled out in triplicate.
1: And I am not exaggerating. That is the God's honest truth. If you wanted a 4187, you had to fill out this form to get another form to get the 4187. And you then you got to—it's got to go to, yeah. Then you got all these people in your chain of command that you have to go through before you can even get the first form. Mm-hmm. So it's the bureaucracy does nothing but it slows the wheels of progress. Mm-hmm. And people that think that big government is a blessing or a good thing,
0: uh, uh-uh. I'm Not just going to
1: say that you don't know what you're talking about. And I think that anyone that wants socialized medicine or big government to do something for them, they need to go into the military and do a four-year run. Mm-hmm. Hell, you could do a two-year run and you would see it. Just just go in and do mandatory two yeah. years. No, four years. We'll make you do all four. Yep.
0: Well, do all four. That way it's ingrained in you.
1: Yeah. Two years How would be insane. easy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, two years would be too easy to forget. It would just seem like a bad memory. But if you did four years, you would fully understand the gravity of having the government over your shoulders for everything you want to do. (laughs) Hell, even in the military then, if you wanted to buy a car, if I had the money in the bank for the down payment and I was cleared, I had a decent credit rating and had no problem getting approved anywhere.
0: Or well, you have to had rating to pay a just get because you in the military.
1: I had to get approval from mm-hmm. my chain of command to buy the car,
0: which usually and, starts for us at like um, MWR, the Marine um, Navy Marine Corps Welfare Society, or the, then you got to go to PSD, which personnel. Yeah, for those and, who don't know.
1: And and people you,
0: you and can you think have to I'm do that because the government that. has to tell you whether or not you can actually afford that payment. That's right. So
1: so if you want the government in your life, controlling your life, go don't advocate that. for them to control my life. Right. You go in the military and you will get your wish. And mm-hmm. I will be willing to bet, well, most of y'all that want large government wouldn't even make four years in the military. Uh, and if you did make four years in the military, I'd be willing to bet that you would have a change of heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Well that the first
1: time you had to utilize the VA medical system, oh, I already know. Y'all would be like, No, no social medicine, this sucks. Oh, but it they'd probably still be like, Oh, but they don't do it the right way. Oh, really?
0: <laughs> okay then. Well see, I'll tell you i since you brought that up. I worked on a couple of crews, and one crew in particular, where the guy who owned the painting company was was a retired gunning sergeant and the guy that was already working with him was a staff sergeant when he left. He was Army staff sergeant. All right. So it was a pretty cool crew, right? We got a Marine Corps guy, an Army guy, and here comes the sailor. Neither one of them used the VA for anything. Anything. Now, both of these guys qualify for VA benefits. All right. They refused to use the VA. And Course, me still being young in the VA at the time, I kept thinking, look, man, you were you're a veteran, you qualified, at least take advantage You earned right? it. Right. Yeah. And and believe me, they were adamant. VA ain't worth using. Now that I've been at the VA for a while, I can tell you <clears throat> I had something that needed to be taken care of medically at one point and went to a different hospital from the VA. And The doctor noticed my veteran ball cap and made a comment about the VA being right around the corner. I said, yes, I know. He said, well, it'd be cheaper to go there, wouldn't it? And I said, listen, I go to the VA to maintain my disability. But when I need a doctor, I go somewhere else. That's not a joke. I can't tell you how many people I I personally knew that was actually living in the nursing home at the VA, Vietnam veterans who still had not been approved for their disability. These were these were troops in country on the ground, okay? And they were suffering from problems from Agent Orange. They still, by 2006, hadn't gotten their disability. They're living in the nursing home until they died without their disability. Do you want to ask their families how much they're getting out of this? Not a.
1: Yeah, when my damn health card, right. when my medical card comes in, I will not be using the VA other than my Turn the blinds
0: blindness. the other way. Okay, you said what?
1: I said when my medical card comes in, I will not be doing VA except for my annual checkups and follow-ups because, yeah, I'm not going to subject my – I've already been misdiagnosed in the VA two or three times. I'm not even a doctor or a medical professional, and I know they misdiagnosed me.
0: Oh, yeah. Happens all the time. Well, you remember, um, you know, one of our grandfathers actually uh, he died at the Baptist Hospital because of uh, he actually broke his femur. I don't know if you knew that. He broke his femur, still walking around on it, but obviously in some severe pain. Went to the VA twice. They didn't catch a broken femur. How is that?
1: Biggest bone in your body, yeah.
0: I mean, how do you miss that? And when they finally found it, they admitted into the VA. But then all of a sudden, you know, it was like they were were feeding him all kinds of pain medication. But then when it actually came time to do something about the broken femur, they couldn't do anything because now he has contracted uh, pneumonia. Now he's got bed sores. They can't do anything about it. Well, my grandmother got livid. She moved them over to the Baptist. Baptist couldn't do anything until he you know, until the pneumonia had passed and the bed sores were taken care of. Well, that didn't happen quick enough, and he ended up dying. And it was only it was within a couple of days after he died that we were at the office. Phone call came in from one of their clients. And my grandmother had to tell him that, you know, what was going on. But as she's talking to him, she's opening up a piece of mail from the VA. You want to know what it was? Mm. It was a $2,500 bill to cover his hospital stay. <laughs> it's about right. You know, Nana, pretty good. I don't have to tell you which language she used while talking to the administrator of the VA. Yeah. She and not in so many words told him to wipe his ass with that bill. And she even told the VA that there would be a lawsuit. And I can't tell you how many other people who have been to the VA have had that very same issue happen. So yeah, go ahead and depend on that public health care. Yep. That's a strong I recommendation.
1: Know. Yeah. And, and they obviously have not spoken to anyone of age that has to deal with regular, medical appointments or typical ailments as you get older. They've never spoken to anyone that lives in like Canada or Europe. You know, I don't want to hear a 20-year-old, 25-year-old, 32-year-old say, oh, I got friends in Europe and they love theirs. Yeah, because they're at the age where they don't have to go to the doctor.
0: Yeah, no, that that public health care healthcare is great for people that don't have to use it. But You know, public health care puts you in a very long line of people who have to use it. Take a number, take a seat. You think you wait a long time in the emergency room now? (laughs) It's ridiculous. I know it, man. It is ridiculous. Anytime you go to the hospital and you have to go to an emergency room, typically it's because there's an emergency. So you don't want to sit in the emergency room for 12 and a half, 13 hours because there's only one doctor on staff that's already happening, so what would you do with public health care?
1: Yeah, I, I was in the VA one day for my little annual, and they had this old black guy, I mean, he had to have been, I guess at that time, I mean, he was old enough, dude, he, he might have been World War Two Korea era, you know? Yeah. And, uh, they brought him into the blue clinic, that's, that's my clinic, and you know i'm in there and i'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting i i noticed when the this orderly or nurse i don't know what their job was rolled him in there in a wheelchair and left him well i was in there for probably i don't know they were pretty busy that day i probably was in there for an hour before i got called back and they sent me to do all kinds of lab work uh you know i e uh, I had to go to ex- radiology, hematology. I mean, I, I had to go do all kinds of shit. And, you know, I get back. It's like an hour and a half or so later. And that old man's still sitting there in a wheelchair in the same place. that They dropped him off and I can hear him. He's like, what, what am I doing here?
0: Mm-hmm. They didn't
1: tell him anything. They just wheeled him over to and dropped him off at the nursing station. And they're like, he's like, why am I over here? And the nurses in the blue clinic didn't know what he was doing there. And he's like, well, I was at my doctor and they wheeled me over here and just dropped me off.
0: You didn't tell have him anything. I no idea
1: how long that man sat in there. Yeah, they didn't tell him shit. And they just rolled him to another clinic that he wasn't even enrolled in and just dropped him off. Just left him there. And he was an old man. And I mean, I felt bad for this guy because, I mean, it's like, number one, you're at the hospital for a specific reason. You know, if it's not for your annual vitals and checkup and shit. And I mean, I imagine this man, because of the, the, his age, I mean, dude, he might have been Korea and Vietnam. He might have been World War Two and Korea. I don't know. But the man obviously saw conflict in multiple theaters (laughs) just from his age. I mean, I guess it's possible he did one tour and got out, but (laughs) I mean, and then they just dumped him off in another clinic that had nothing to do with him. And I'm, I see that kind of crap right there. I just, I don't understand that. And, but that's typical. Called VA that's yeah. just the way they are
0: well I think I told you about one of, the, one of the nights I had gone to the VA it's been years ago though I got there walk in the emergency room and there's only like three people including myself in the emergency room one of those people was sitting in a regular chair not even a, a wheelchair with a compound fracture you think we ought to explain what a compound fracture is <laughs> <laughs> you
1: got a bone sticking out the skin.
0: Right. And now when I get there, the guy's already complaining about how long he has been sitting there and hadn't even been hadn't been triaged yet. And at that point, I think he'd been there about eight hours. What a compound fracture. Oh,
1: that's plenty of time for infection to sit in. Granted. Not infection, probably worse shape for the leg, they're probably gonna have to do something unthinkable to his leg.
0: Probably take it off. More than likely. And I know by the time I got into triage about two and a half hours later, he still hadn't been seen. And suffice to say, the man got a little bit upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would have gotten upset
0: too. I would have gotten upset a lot sooner. But would you believe that they didn't triage him, they didn't treat him, they had him arrested causing a scene in the ER?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I would have been going off on some people. Yep. Well, hey, maybe, maybe the jail took him to an actual hospital because they are obligated by law to treat him. Maybe he probably got better health care by getting
0: arrested.
1: He got I arrested by VA
0: police. What do they do? Turn him over to JPD and they said, what are y'all doing, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just horrible, man.
0: It is horrible. Yeah. And you see all these commercials about treat your vets kindly, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, you know what? I don't look for any kind of reward or pat on the back for anything I did in the military. That's not why I served. And most of the vets that I know are the same way. And yeah. most of them are like me. They'll tell you there are a lot better men than me who didn't make it home. And those guys are the heroes. But, you know, still and yet, you don't treat anybody like that. But that that's what happens, at least in the Jackson VA now. And I've been to the VA in Arkansas. I've been to the VA in Florida. And quite frankly, the treatment there was a whole lot better and there was a lot more accessibility. But I think that's why I tell people that the Jackson VA gives 30% of American veterans a second chance to die for their country.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right.
0: Because there's no telling how many. I mean, I I knew personally two Vietnam vets who died in the nursing home at the VA who still had not received disability. And you're talking 2006. And when did guys come home from Vietnam? Well, they started coming home with about 73, 74, something like that. You're talking almost, yeah, well, almost, 40, years, back. Yeah. almost 40 years of still fighting for your disability. That's insane. Well,
1: hell, I was fighting for mine for what ten?
0: Maybe. Yeah, that's what that's what mine was. Well, you got yours right out there. I got mine, but we started at the same time.
1: Well, I was trying to start on mine in Texas. Mm. Uh, before I ever got back to Mississippi, well, uh, no- you gonna do that infinity? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I guess you're just gonna do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I know when when you came back here and we both registered to VA here. I know, I know both our applications started at the same time. Well, probably not at the same time because I don't know if you remember I had to be escorted back to my van to get my my service back. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it took. I'll say. I know I got mine in 2011. I think you got yours right after I did, didn't you? uh man,
1: I'm trying to remember when I got mine. I mean, it was because I gave up on it for about two years. I mean,
0: yeah, I remember that Chan. Yeah, it, it wasn't was...
1: for Chan getting it for me. I, I mean, I still wouldn't have it, but
0: I well, was getting here. so
1: mad. Yeah, I was getting so mad of even trying that. I was getting ready to be a a violent individual if I had to go up in there again.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's what uh, a biker acquaintance of mine did, right? I'm not mentioning his name for a reason, but, you know, he fought for his from Vietnam for 25 years, I guess. And he probably went up to the VA and found out who the doctor was that was supposed to be signing off on his disability. And when he walked into his office, he was talking to the doctor about why haven't you signed off on it. And the doctor kept giving him a run around, so he reaches in his vest and pulls out a grenade and pulled the pin on and threw it across the desk. <laughs> but it was a dummy grenade, of course. But after the doctor ran out of the office, well, jumped out of yeah. his office, this guy picks up his grenade, puts it back in his vest, and he told that doctor on his way out as he was stepping over him, he said, next time I come back with piano wire. And he finally got his disability. And he got his disability, and, so you know, a few short years later, he's got both his legs being amputated because of the Agent Orange, and he died about a year after that. And, you know, really, there's no sense in anybody having to fight that long and that hard for something that's well-deserved. Yeah. And I went to church with a Vietnam pilot and you know he got denied for his so many times it was ridiculous he finally gave up on his because they kept telling him he was denied because he was a pilot agent orange is an airborne agent yeah i mean as a helicopter pilot a huey pilot is gonna land take off land take off they're kicking that agent orange up all the time why wouldn't he be affected well not
1: not just that i mean those pilots man they. They went through some crazy stuff back then. They had to use the damn rotors to clear landing zones. They were getting, well, those helicopters like, were getting shot to hell and became, I mean, they weren't even unserviceable until they could, couldn't leave the ground anymore. I mean, until they physically could not leave the ground. I mean, yeah. those guys, they, got landed pilots, in the
0: middle of trees, made their own landing zones.
1: Yeah. I mean, those guys, There's was a book called Chicken Hawk, fantastic book. About the first aircraft, man. It was a wonderful book. Easy read, man. Great book. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the the helicopter pilots in Vietnam, believe me, they earned every bit of this shit.
0: Oh, yeah, and then some. Every
1: bit of it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, those guys right there.
1: (laughs) And I'm not taking anything away from any other combat, you know, pilot. but uh, Or any
0: other combat veteran, period. I mean
1: yeah I mean, but those back, guys back in Vietnam had a totally different that that was a different type of war that this country hadn't seen in many many years
0: well, I think what we're going to see pretty soon is well first of all, I've always said that vietnam was was a a testing ground for new weapons new drugs new everything oh well,
1: that's that's what it was i mean it's, and it's noted it's it's documented,
0: yeah. And essentially, everything that they, all the information that was garnered from Vietnam is going to be put into full effect real soon. All of it.
1: Oh, it's already been in effect. Vaccines and things like that. I, I mean, ops. they were studying. Yeah, I mean, they were they were giving units, you know, they were giving squads LSD or mm-hmm. platoons LSD and stuff. They were testing LSD on combat soldiers and man, they were killing each other. As a matter I mean, of fact,
0: if anybody wants a reference to that, and yes, it's a Hollywood production, but it's pretty close to accurate. Jacob's ladder deals with that specifically.
1: Oh yeah. There was some messed up stuff that went on in Vietnam and it it was all a proving ground mm-hmm. weaponry. I mean, that, you got to remember Vietnam war was the first engagement that we had where, Helicopters were how you got into combat. Right, that was the first war where I mean helicopters were used before then, but they were not not utilized as troop transport. That's right, right. and they started using them for troop transport, hence the birth of the first air cab.
0: Right, which that's another story in itself. But they started out as what seventh air cab.
1: it was, was the seventh Cav, yes. Yeah, and right before the they were supposed
0: to be deployed, they changed it to first, first cavalry. Well, they wanted
1: to shake the a bad juju from Custer,
0: right? Which I got Colonel Moore because he ultimately did that. But, but. people, yeah, that was.
1: Uh, I think. During World War, I mean, uh, Vietnam, a lot of our soldiers were still carrying the M14s and the M1 Garants. Right. That was the induction of the M16A1, which the M16A1 was, it was on safe. I think it had semi, but I believe it was straight to rock and roll. I think it was fully automatic no matter what. And had the triangular front hand guard. Well, that was a new weapon. A lot of soldiers were very pissed off about receiving it because the damn M-14 was just a better weapon,
0: more reliable,
1: reliable, and
0: more they didn't
1: want to get rid of it.
0: And the M-16A-1 I mean, was bad about jamming.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the ARs and the M-4 still have a jamming issue. You, that's why every soldier has to go with a clean
0: you went dead air for about 20 seconds what'd you say?
1: Uh, they're not sending rounds down range they're cleaning their weapon I mean you can look at the AK-47 yeah they gotta clean their weapons too but that sucker oh
0: man you can bury that thing in sand and it'll still fire
1: yeah but the, the M4 and the ARs like the you get them dirty, man Look at what was going on in Vietnam—the military industrial complex. Man. They had so many weapons and new toys. They wanted this was, you know, and they wanted to sell the American public on we're fighting communism. and no reason like to be communism. there, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once the French got their asses handed to them, we decided to pick up the ball. Yeah we should have learned something from the French being over there. But apparently we didn't.
1: Well, all war is to test out shit.
0: Well, maybe so. But ultimately, it's to line somebody's pockets. War is big. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't at Megadeth. It had that song "Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good." Business is good. Yep, that's exactly. I mean, right. hell,
1: even in business school, they said the number one, the number one stimulus for the economy was war. I mean, really? I mean, and it, it it wasn't for business business. It was for business in the military industrial complex, right? And contractors, which I mean, all that falls under the industrial complex.
0: Yeah. Which brings us to another thing about um, the Iraq War and uh, shock and awe and all that stuff. And for those who don't know, anytime we go to war with another country, we end up rebuilding that country. But um, and anytime we go to war too, there are big contractors that submit bids to the government to pick up their contract overseas and. I guess like any good business or any good business transaction, you need at least two or three bids. I mean, I've told well, my by law,
1: they're supposed to receive any contractor's multiple.
0: That's correct. And when we went to Iraq, there oh, were no bids. Yeah, yeah Halliburton got, got the it. bid. And why? Because Dick Cheney owned Halliburton.
1: Yep, and Baby Bush was on the board. How
0: about that? I wonder how much he got paid every month. Oh, I think I'm he sure made as much as than
1: his salary. I'm sure his salary is more or
0: less. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no.
1: The Bushes and the Cheneys are richer than, man, they got money they could burn.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just
1: from the Iraq Afghanistan
0: war. Right. But I think what we would call that unethical business practices. There well, were no yeah, other bids the
1: illegal, accepted. Illegal government acts, too.
0: Mm-hmm. I would almost call that misappropriation of power. Well, it was
1: definitely a dereliction of duty and misappropriation of, well, of funds. I mean, I, I just think it was it's wrong in so many different ways. I mean, I don't even know how many levels that's wrong, but it's a lot.
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you about 110 levels it was wrong misappropriation of civilian lives oh yeah most definitely and i bet they didn't fill out those request forms in triplicate did they Mm -mm. you know at least the oklahoma city federal building was supposed to be empty on the day that bomb went off but um Couldn't do that for the World Trade Center, could we?
1: Nope. Well, you couldn't get the outrage from the American public if nobody died. Yeah. Everybody was thirsty for blood when 9-11 happened.
0: I'm not going to lie, I was too. I was ready to go back in the military. I mean... Well,
1: I I talked to my first sergeant. Yeah, I called my first sergeant, and then I started... I had a couple little things came to mind. I'm like, man, this ain't right. There were too many things that didn't make sense, but I did. I called my first sergeant. Well, the reason I called him more than just my feelings towards 9-11. They told me on my discharge that my four years in active reserve was null and void because of my As discharge. You're medical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was of the mind I didn't trust the government then. You know what I mean? I'm like, nah, them lying bastards told me my four years inactive is null and void because of my injuries. Right. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to have these bastards call me up and send me to war with a damn National Guard unit. If I'm going to war, I'm going to go back to the 82nd and go to war with the people of my salt. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, get <laughs> so ahead I of was... ball, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was like, that's why I called my first sergeant. I was like, nah, I'm not going to have them breach this bullshit contract that they said on my discharge and they turned around and send me to a hot zone with some people that don't even know how to read a plugger. They'll get lost. Don't know nothing about land nav. Right. Probably can't even qualify on a weapon. I'm like, nah, no, 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 no. They probably sure as shit don't know buddy aid. I don't want to get shot around none of them some bitches. I'll die before I even get to the gurney. I mean it's like, nah <laughs> He sent me back to the eighty second with some hard charging fire pissing motherfuckers and I'll go <laughs> to war with some competent soldiers. And uh you know what I mean? And well, that was the main reason I called because I already knew when nine eleven happened. I was like, we're going to war. That was a that was a no, given. That's a
0: given. I knew we were going yeah. to war as soon as I heard the plane hit the second tower. I knew it was a good. I mean we were going.
1: Yeah, but I just I just
0: But see that's part of being even, an American too. I mean, you know you know Everybody that I mean, at least in our generation, I mean, we knew you don't mess with red, white, and blue, we're coming after you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, that's America, man. We're free, and you're not going to attack that, yeah. So, I mean, and to get hit on our own soil, that was unconscionable. How did this even happen, you know? Yep, there was no question in my mind that we were going to hold true to red, white, and blue, and we were fixing to go kick some, you know, Middle Eastern butt, and we were going to take care of turn a whole bunch of countries into glass if we had to, but we were going to war. But what's... It
1: It was all a lie.
0: It was all a lie. And even thinking about it now, you know, I, I still get pissed off about it because... Here I was thinking we're being attacked by somebody else, and we weren't. And even you know, watching these wounded warrior pro- uh, project commercials, these guys are—I mean, amputees that burn up. I mean, they're blind now. All kinds of it's injuries. Heads blown
1: off, or skulls blown off.
0: And they went. Yeah. And they still believe that they went over there because we were attacked by some Middle Eastern country. Yeah, And these guys lost limbs, lost their eyesight, lost, I mean, God knows what else. And let's not forget the mental problems that they have to struggle with when they do come back. It's
1: Yeah, but those are probably the last people you want to tell the truth to. Can you imagine what their fucking rage will be? I, I mean, and I'm not laughing at you. No, I'm
0: not. I agree soldier. with you. I but, agree with you. But it, it kills me to know that that's what they went over there for. Oh, yeah. And sacrifice well, I mean, that much for a lie. Yep. And
1: our, our government doesn't give a rat's ass about anybody in this country. I mean, they don't. We are all pawns in a game. Which
0: they means move us where the they most want. We are expendable.
1: Yep. Yeah, they move us where they want us to serve whatever purpose they desire, and that's it. And I mean, that's just the truth, man. I don't care it how is. you paint it, you 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 can look at it through any lens you want to, it's but the that's the truth.
0: Yep. Yeah, it is the truth, and and sadly enough, it all rests on the shoulders of a few rich bankers. Yep. And. I and mean, anybody who thinks that we declare war on our own volition? You're mistaken, because there's a few puppeteers that are instigating wars just so they can make money, and just I mean, and look, these people are, that we're talking about they don't they don't have any kind of um they're not sovereign entities; they're just bankers. But they determine when wars are over because, like, let's just say, for instance. United States and Iraq at war, right? They actually have their own weapons. They've got their own artillery. They've got they got their own, you know what I mean? Yep. As long as we expend everything that we've got, that's good. But when it comes to the point where you got to get into their supply, war's over. It stops. Who cares how many lives get lost? And in that case, lives aren't lost. Lives are taken. They are a brood of murderous, evil people.
1: I mean, it's like when Trump went over and talked to the damn soldiers in Iraq or Afghanistan, and he made a comment. I don't even remember. I'm not even paraphrasing. This is just kind of off of the way Trump said it. Uh, he was talking to some officers or some soldiers, asking about what's taking so long. What do they need, you know, to get this over with? And
0: yeah, twenty plus and, years in one country is too long.
1: Yeah, but one of the officers said if we could win this thing in a week or two weeks if we had to. If we, yeah. And Trump was like, "What?" So he said, "Explain what was going on." He said, "We're not here to win." He said. If we were here to win, we could win in 2 weeks. Well, he took the, he he unleashed the dogs. He let yep. them go. And what happened? The ISIS caliphate failed. Yep. We, we have the most powerful military in the world. But he why did. were we there for 20 years? It had nothing to do with we couldn't defeat the enemy. It had to do with we wanted to encourage a long drawn out never ending war so certain people could make a lot of money.
0: Well, I think that brings me to the At question. The Who exactly was the enemy? I mean, seriously? That's just it. Well, terror, the war
1: against terror is the elusive enemy, just like the, the war on climate drugs. change. Yeah, or climate change. Nobody can prove or disprove anything about climate. You know what I mean? But that's the boogeyman. They keep mm-hmm. you scared about climate. It's like, John Kerry said at the World Economic Forum last week or week before he said what we need is money, 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 money. He repeated money like three or four times. Money isn't going to cure anything.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: but I don't
0: know. It's just, it's crazy. I like Sheriff Behan telling Wyatt Earp when he asked him to be Sheriff of Wyatt said, no, I just came here to settle down and play, you know, gamble a little bit. And he said, well, I've never seen anybody with, without a guilty conscience to play for money or they just chase money. And Wyatt said, I've already got a guilty conscience. Might as well have the money too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, Uh, the other one was uh, money won't buy you happiness, but it will buy jet skis, and I ain't never seen nobody unhappy on a jet ski. That's (laughs) right. But yeah, it's all about the money. But we're facing we're facing have to stock up on popcorn. I think a lot sooner than. A lot sooner than I thought anyway, but, well, maybe not yeah. even sooner than I thought, because I actually thought that by February of this year, we'd be in the dark. It's not February yet, so we'll see. Oh, well, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming soon. I was telling somebody a couple of nights ago that these, uh, you know, these traveling tent evangelists back in the 50s and the 60s, uh, you know, telling people today's the day for salvation. You can get saved today. Don't wait. Right. You don't have tomorrow. And now people are saying, well, what? These guys were acting like the world was going to end tomorrow. So what happened? I mean, were they lying? They must have been. Either that or there is no God. Well, mm -hmm. (laughs) that's funny because. Yeah, um, but
1: tomorrow is not promised to anyone.
0: Well, the question is, does tomorrow ever come? I mean, every day I have woken up in my lifetime, I've never been able to say this is tomorrow. Okay, today is the day. And today. And today's the, the only day you got. So, you know, to question whether or not something's going to happen right now or next year or 20 years from now, it's futile. But might as well go ahead and live today like this, the last one you got. Because technically it is <laughs> technically, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's coming soon. And what's it gonna take for people to uh pay attention to that? Probably wake up in the dark, <clears throat> which is inevitable.
1: Yep. Especially if you got a bladder like mine, I got to get up two, three times at night go piss.
0: Yeah, no, I always
1: wake up in the dark.
0: There's <laughs> a kid I know here in Jackson. He, uh, he, told, he told me somebody else one day that his daddy told him, he said, Boy, if you blink, you're gonna die in the dark. I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> Just blink, you're gonna die in the dark. <laughs> But I think I think we need a few more patriots to stand up, though.
1: Oh, they're going to definitely come out of the woodwork if everything goes to this digital currency, man. I can tell you that right now. Oh, they'll be standing up. And then the powers to be are going to have a serious question on their hand. It's going to be a question of commitment. What's your commitment level? Because you're going to have some people here real committed.
0: Yeah, like um... – yeah, you got this thing started now. Why are you trying to back out?
1: I don't think if it comes to that, I don't think there's going to be much quarter for the enemy, Chris.
0: I don't think so. Like well, I'll be me. a
1: strong advocate to not be, because at that point, we'll need a national cleansing. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. you might as well just, just – because these people are traitors to the Constitution, as in my opinion.
0: And They're I'm traitors sorry. to humanity. Yeah, yeah forget the Constitution. They are traitors to humanity. And, like I
1: said, there there is no prison cell that is good enough for them. And I'm sorry, there's no prison cell that will earn the justice, that, you know, that's been denied everybody. Right. I mean,
0: well, hey, I have even the justice, said that, the what
1: the justice will be to send them to their reward, huh. and we yeah. know it's... Their reward is not gonna be anything like my reward.
0: <laughs> well, it's just like a t shirt that I'm getting printed up. It says, uh, I, I can't make I can't make you come to Jesus, but I can arrange the meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you know, I've been saying about these politicians that are neck deep in treason. I've said several times they need to be pulled out of office. They need to be tried. They need to be convicted, and they need to be put before a firing squad, and the first round needs to be blanks.
1: Well, they need to be also televised.
0: I agree. I'm a big proponent for that.
1: Well, because people, you know, back in the old Western days, you would hang somebody at the gallows, and the townspeople would come. That was the entertainment. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just the entertainment. The crimes were red in that public square. That's right. The people knew what those condemned men did. And they mm-hmm. knew that what they did was against the law. And they knew that if I grow up and do this, or if I decide to do the same thing, this that's going to be I expect: swinging from that rope. Mm-hmm. That's why <laughs> outlaws in that day were true outlaws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most people in the West, Weren't outlaws. Most people in the West were honest to God, starving half the time, working themselves to the bone, trying to provide a life. But they were also willing to die for what they were working for. That's right. So the true outlaws knew that their victims were not easy victims because they returned fire. But most people valued what they were working for. So if you were an outlaw back then,
0: you you were an
1: honest-to-God outlaw. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, there ain't no – I mean, they would send out a hunting party for your ass, form up a posse, and they would ride horseback across two states to drag your ass back.
0: And we're not talking about law enforcement doing this. You're talking about somebody would hang a warning sign in a post office. People would get together with their neighbors and put together a posse, and they were coming back with an outlaw dead or that's alive right. yep that's exactly what I mean, that was
1: and and that's where we need to get back to i'm not saying quite like the frontier and the old west days no. but similar
0: well i think you know i said it in the other episode community that's what we need is a community look after each other makes you know your stuff is right next to my stuff. Anybody gets into your stuff, that's too close to my stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's where we need to get back to. We don't need to be living next to each other and have to worry about it. is our neighbor going to rob us? We need to work together. And that's about as close to Wild West as I'd like to get. But at the same time, you know, if we're all looking after each other, if anything like that happens, it could look like the Wild West, you know? But oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, one of my podcasts I put out last year, I, I posed the question, if you bought the car of your dreams, whether it be a Lamborghini Countach or just that 68 Camaro, whatever car it is it's your dream car, and you work half your life for it, and you finally purchase it. And the day after you purchase it, you get up in the morning to go to work and your car is not in the driveway, what are you going to do? Go back in the house, prop up your feet, turn on the morning news, grab the paper, drink some coffee, doubt it. Most people will call the police and report a stolen vehicle, right? Yeah. Or you do like me and some of my friends would do and don't even call the police. We'll just go find the vehicle and we won't talk about what happens to the person who took it, you know? But the bottom line is there is going to be some retribution for that car not being in my driveway tomorrow morning. Yeah. And that's the only way you're going to deter crime for people looking after each other. If you're not looking after each other, you're just going to keep happening. And for those of you who haven't noticed police cars for as long as I can remember, used to have serve and protect on somewhere. They don't have that anymore. That ought to tell you something. They don't serve me. Yeah, it tells
1: me something, it ain't great. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That is exactly right. That's why I don't call police. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I had firsthand see somebody call the police for protection now, trying to avoid a situation that could get them in trouble. And as soon as the police get there, they're the ones that go to jail. Yep. I can't tell you how many times I have witnessed this happen. Oh, I know it. And I don't remember one time I was in Hines County jail. The guy came in about 2 30 in the morning. He's got no shirt on, a pair of shorts, and some flip flops. Oh, yeah. And the multiple bandages all over him from the neck down to down his torso, right? He's in there for domestic violence. He called the police to protect him because in order to keep himself from putting his hands on his wife, he actually let her stab him seven times and he went to jail for domestic violence.
1: Well, I'm, I'm not trying to be really Badass or present myself as a mean man that would put a hand on a woman, but any woman that wants to put herself in a man's situation and really want to come and flick, intentionally harm mm-hmm. on me mm-hmm. or possibly take my life she gonna get treated like a man i'm sorry i'm well, not even, i'm not
0: i don't even hey i, I don't, don't even call I that putting themselves in a man's position and i really don't even like that argument but at the same time i mean if she's just gonna hit me we're gonna we're gonna defend right
1: yeah i mean you bring a knife, open hand or something yeah. or I mean you are you're not gonna get that out of me. I'm not gonna do nothing. Right. You come at me and just be a bitch, that's one thing.
0: But right. if you
1: come at me with the intent of physically hurting or possibly killing me.
0: That's another ball not, game altogether.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got the right self defense. That's right.
0: That is absolutely right. And and quite frankly you'd be a fool not to defend yourself. But now, if you live in the same, well, I can't do necessary.
1: anything. That's a woman. That woman's gonna cut your throat and bleed you out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, in all fairness, in all fairness, and, and in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, women usually aren't that violent. Typically, because by nature, women are nurturers. They're not. They're not wired yeah, to be psychos. harmful. But there are, yeah, there are definitely some women out there. You.
1: Oh, there's a lot of violent <laughs> women out there.
0: They got their wires crossed somewhere. <laughs>
1: Ask Clyde about Bonnie, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Boy, she oh, was a class a lot, act.
1: Believe me, she ain't the only one. There's a whole lot of women out there walking around today mm. that are very dangerous women.
0: Very dangerous. Very dangerous. And those dangerous women usually don't even do their own dirty work.
1: Well, actually, most women are most women resort to poisoning than they do
0: mm-hmm. utilizing uh, yeah, a weapon especially a knife because uh that's that's close contact that's personal. more personal than anything else yeah but um yeah
1: well there are women out there that
0: oh they're definitely crazy. deranged women yeah but yeah i i that was one of the things that surprised me about being in florida when uh when my first ex wife threw a skillet at me with grease in it. And after she left the apartment throwing the skillet at me, I started cleaning up. And then I get a knock on the door, and there's fire the department. And they're trying to pull my shirt off. I'm like, hey, it's all right. I said, the grease was cold. I said, that's the funny thing about this whole situation. If I was that mad, I would have heated the grease up first. And yes. they're standing there looking at me with this stone cold look. And I said, too soon? <laughs> <laughs> but I went back to cleaning the apartment, got another knock on the door, and this Pinellas County Sheriff's Department wanted to know why I'm messing with a crime scene. <laughs> I was like, what, a crime scene? And uh once the interviews were over, they said, well, Miss Williams, I hate to tell you, but somebody's got to go to jail today. And I said, yeah, I kind of figured. So I stood up, put my hands behind my back, and they said, what are you doing? I said, well, where I come from. Doesn't matter what happens, a man's going to jail, and he said, well, I don't know where you came from, but you're in Pinellas County, Florida, now we take the guilty party. (laughs) That was kind of a a shocker for me, you know? I'm not used to that. (laughs) I'm used to the wind blowing the wrong direction, and I find myself wearing bracelets. (laughs) Yeah. But... Yeah, And they
1: always seem to be my size. They always seem to be the right size. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, that's right. They're adjustable.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, one thing I know for certain, I am not getting arrested anywhere where your Army uniform is again. (laughs) Yeah, they wanted to to start stacking charges on me. Oh, you were 82nd Airborne. And I was like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, still you still there, there
1: or did I freeze yeah. up? Yeah, I'm
0: here. Yeah. yeah, you froze up for that whole thing, whatever you were saying.
1: Yeah, well, I'm up here on 71 man between Louisville and <coughs> cincinnati so i'm up and down through these mountains i'll probably drop off again
0: yeah
1: i'll probably be dropping <laughs> off pretty regular you want to go on and end this one yes, you ain't I, got a shitload of dead time on
0: it yeah that's about what that's exactly what i well not exactly but pretty close to what i was saying to you
1: <laughs> all right well it's yeah. going to kill this one out and I know Laren just called me. I need to call him back. But, uh,
0: all right. That'll work. Um, all right, man. Hey, have, you, have you thought any more about this live, uh, live event to do?
1: I, man, to be honest with you, I hadn't. Uh, I mean, I'm just fine whenever I guess I just needed. to. I'd like to have a couple of days' of notice.
0: Oh, you get more in a couple of days because I'm um, when, it, when it goes up, it'll be two weeks before the date. So, you know. Okay let everybody know two weeks ahead of time but i'm trying to get some more information together before i do which you'll have you'll have access to before you go go on so yeah and um yeah oh, man,
1: there's um, snow on the ground up here son of a i was wondering why it was so white
0: snow on the ground yeah mm. well 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 all right man Matt, all right dude well um if you like doing some more later, let me know and uh, we'll go ahead and kill this one and I'll get that other one prepared soon. Yeah,
1: I'll be done for today. I'll be parking here in about 54 miles. So.
0: Oh, right, you're out at the end of your day then. All right. Yeah. All right then. Well, be careful out all there. Right. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right, man. Later.